Welcome to the URM Journey to Academic Medicine podcast, also known as the URM Jam, brought to you by the Society of Teachers of Family Medicine. On this podcast, we will address the real and perceived barriers faced by historically underrepresented in medicine students and residents who are considering a career in academic family medicine. We'll provide practical tips and personal advice on topics like leadership, scholarly activity, CVs, mentorship, and more. I'm Dr. Omari Hodge. And I'm Dr. Tochi Iroku Malise. And this is URM Jam. I'm with Emily Walters today. Ms. Walters is the Director of Education and Special Projects here at SDFM. Part of her initiative has been to create educational programs and develop resources for new online and in-person faculty development for family medicine educators. She's led several national medical educational task forces and committees, ensuring that key objectives were accomplished and outcomes evaluated. In her process, she's overseen two fellowships for family medicine faculty focused on career development and leadership. Her work at STFM currently focuses on extensively developing underrepresented in medicine minority leaders and addressing diversity and equity in academic medicine issues. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so privileged to have you. You are the engine and the wind beneath all of our wings here. So it's so good to be able to talk to you and help our listeners understand a little bit more about STFM and some of the people who are behind the scenes but do some serious heavy lifting. Dr. Hodge, thank you so much for having me here. I'm just thrilled to be actually a part of this podcast, and I've enjoyed hearing everything that has been going on so far this year as we've recorded this podcast. So thank you for having me to talk a little bit more about STFM and just the ways that um, academic organizations like STFM can drive um, the progress and the um, development of um, residents and students and um, faculty in their career. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, special shout out to Dr. Tochi. She couldn't be with us today, but she is definitely on board with what we're going to be talking about and cheering us on from somewhere. (laughs) So we've got a few questions, and I think these questions will really help the people who might be listening today understand why STFM is such a valuable resource and how STFM is able to do some of the things it does. So we know that STFM has a number of initiatives that address underrepresented and minority issues. This podcast is just one of many, which help facilitate those conversations for students, residents, and even faculty about steps they can take along a long journey to academic medicine. But could you outline the teaching resources on the website for the students, the residents, and the new faculty? Absolutely. So yeah, as you referred to, we have um, this underrepresented in medicine initiative, which I'm a part of as as a staff lead. So I've been so um, privileged to be a part of it and to get to meet so many fabulous faculty around the nation and um, that so many fantastic resources have been created. I will note that there are many other things that STFM does. I think just to kind of give a little bit of a high level view of kind of how things get created at STFM. Um, Not everyone kind of has that like big picture perspective and it's been really neat for me to see how these things happen. So STFM is very member driven. And so sometimes what happens is that we will identify strategic objectives. So for instance, SDFM is extremely passionate. It's in our strategic um, objectives to drive forward anti-racism and health equity as one of our main aims. And so we'll do things like we'll say, so this is one of our strategic goals. How can we make this happen? And so we'll do something like we might create a task force or a committee to 
create work along those lines. And so there is an underrepresented in medicine initiative um, committee with multiple work groups that are creating teaching resources connected to that. We currently have an anti-racism task force that is working on creating really neat resources and, and connecting those. And so these are created from with volunteer work from our, um, it's supported by STFM with staff resources and everything we can to support that. But it's created by our members to identify what is it that faculty need, students, residents, and faculty are needing. And so we take a look at that. We say, what is it, what resources are needed at medical schools, at residency programs? What's lacking? What are, what are gaps? And so we create resources that can support that. Sometimes that looks like curriculum. Sometimes that looks like kind of one-off webinars to support something. And sometimes that looks like a new workshop at a conference. There's all kinds of things that we create, but it's member-driven by us asking our members, what is it that's needed? What are the gaps? And then our members create those resources. So that's kind of a long lead in, but just to say that that's where, if you look at our website and you might see like a really, really long list. If you look at our website of like these long drop down menus of teaching resources, faculty development, webinars, stuff like that. All of that is actually driven by our members, created with a lot of oversight by our members as um, gaps that are seen. And then um, with a ton of insight by our members or created by our members to fill those needs. So as a resident um, or a student or a new faculty member, if you look at the STFM website, that's those are resources that are created for you as part of your membership. So you might look at teaching resources. As a, as, a, as a resident in particular, you might be interested to even just go straight to, you can look at um, under teaching resources, you can look at, we have resources that are kind of grouped for residents. So you might like even just go straight there and you can look at under online learning, for instance, there's like a little, we have stuff grouped under tabs, you know, to kind of sort it. And so you might take a look and see, you know, we have an online advocacy course that is really kind of, it's short, it's entertaining, to be honest, and it is really useful for how can you advocate for and promote the value of family medicine and the local, state, and um, federal level for your representatives and government. And so that's been something a lot of students and residents have taken as they get engaged and excited about advocating for family medicine and for underserved people. So there's also like a leading change course. These things are free. We have a smiles for life curriculum. So these are some like examples of teaching resources and online teaching and stuff like that. Yeah. That's wonderful because, you know, a lot of times we see these things on a website and how they come to being. Um, you always wonder like, okay, is this somebody dictating to me what I need to learn versus mm-hmm. something that organically is evolved from people who are practicing. And it sounds like it's the latter, which is awesome. As I was hearing you compare it, it's kind of like the difference between a a bank and a credit union, you know, like the credit union is always member driven and supports the best interest of the membership, which is what it sounds like STFM has done, which is awesome. Okay. Well, we know there are, when I look at the websites or sometimes I'll even get emails that they're um, about one of the numerous awards and scholarships and grants that are available to the audience. And I was wondering if maybe you could go over a few of them in case people were unaware that they exist and maybe kind of outline a general process that people go through when they're applying for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, I always want more people to know about the scholarships and awards that are available and even just to know that you can apply for them yourself, you know, that you don't need to wait for somebody to like nudge you and say, you know what, you should, you should um, apply for this scholarship you're doing really fantastic in your area, but instead to like actually proactively seek them out and get that award for yourself. So for instance, if you um, look at STFM specifically, there are some really great scholarships and awards that are out there with additional funding available. So if you are a resident, I'd encourage you to take a look at the Faculty for Tomorrow Resident Scholarship mm. that opens up every fall and it provides funding to for registration for the STFM annual conference yeah. in the spring. And also that's a huge one. You, they shouldn't miss that one. Yeah, that's the, that's like our, our one of our biggest ones that okay. Um, okay. As for residents that um, I definitely encourage you. It's pretty, honestly, a fairly easy application process. process. Okay. We wanted to make that fairly straightforward, but you just need to apply, be a current member of STFM, be a resident right. and uh, have an essay about why you're interested in teaching um, academic medicine. So that also gets you registration and it gets you uh, access to attend the Faculty for Tomorrow workshop, nice. which is I think a really neat program. Nice. You can attend the Faculty for Tomorrow workshop regardless, but you wouldn't get the free registration. So ah, um, then that's kind of the something key. they might need to think about also is if, if you're interested, go ahead and start dropping the idea in your program director's head now because mm-hmm. you'll need some days because the right. worst thing that could happen is you get approved and then you find out oh i can't go right. Right. So, so exactly work, no. work in concert uh-huh. Uh-huh. so i think that's that's really the key i think is thinking about these scholarships is that they sometimes are intended to provide a way for it to make it easier for like a resident or a student to get to a conference and so you might Yes, you as, as a resident or student can go ahead and apply for them, but you might want to let your res- your um, program director, your leadership know so that you might go ahead and have the time off, have the approval right. for travel, stuff right. like that. So right. collaborate with your leadership. Right. right. While I'm talking about that, just, what you mentioned is really, really important because like if somebody has won before, there's been a few times when somebody won a scholarship, I'm like, I'm not sure if I can get the days off. Right. Go back and talk to your to your leadership, to your yeah. program um, director, don't like just worry about it. <laughs> right, right. Go back and talk to your to your right. to your director, to your clerkship director, whoever it, whoever is, it is, yeah, and let them know you want something because yeah. that reflects well in your institution, and they might be able to work with you and and make it happen. That's true. And sometimes they just, you know, they have so many papers that need to be signing. This is just another form that they can look at quickly and say no. But if you break it down and explain to them what it is and how it makes them look good because they have objectives that they have to meet. And when residents and students are going to these programs, like you said, it really sheds a positive light on the organization as a whole. Totally. Absolutely. I'll just note that for medical students, kind of to have on their radar to apply for, we have the STFM Foundation Student Scholarship. And that is actually something where you do need to be nominated by someone, a faculty member at your school, but you can nudge probably somebody. I have a feeling it wouldn't be too hard to get somebody to nominate you. It's a really easy nomination process. And that gets you um, funding to attend the Conference of Medical Student Education in January or February of every year. So but you want to be thinking about that in the summer. So you can find all these deadlines and stuff on our website, but go ahead and think about that if you're interested in attending that conference. So uh, that's another one to collaborate with somebody on. Awesome. Okay. So speaking of conferences, we know there's several that are happening annually. Which conferences should those interested in pursuing a career in academic medicine be focused on? Which ones 
should they particularly um, look at on the website or stay keep their antennas tuned in for? And are they all relevant? Yeah, that's a great question. Nice, nice segue, because I do think it really ties into that scholarship and award question, because yeah. I will cheat a little and say, I think they could all be relevant. It depends <laughs> on your interests. Right, right. It depends right. on what you're interested in. So okay. if you are interested in different areas, you might be interested in going to a different conference. So I right. will say it depends on where you are in your, in your career. So the STFM has three main conferences. And if you um, one is the Conference on Medical Student Education. And so that okay. is geared towards faculty who are in, in medical student education, who are teaching at medical schools. However, yeah. we have a lot of content that's very relevant to med students. And we have a, we have hundreds of medical students who attend that conference. Oh, wow. So consider we have a lot of medical students who submit posters to that conference, as well as um, participate with their faculty on scholarly projects to kind of like get engaged in scholarly activity for that. So just know that there are a lot of medical students at the conference of medical student education, Okay. a lot of med student posters at that conference. So Mm. that's kind of one thing to consider. That's usually in January or February of every year. And then we have our annual spring conference, the SDF annual spring conference. And that has pretty much everyone goes like in, in terms of like we, I would encourage anyone who's just interested in an STFM conference. It's our largest conference. And so that means if you're interested in submitting something, right. you might have a high, you it's just honestly, there's a high likelihood of maybe getting accepted. There's Got a it. lot of okay. posters okay. and presentations okay. and stuff like Fair that. Enough. Yeah. And we have a lot of residents attend that one. I will just, I'll just say that a lot, a lot of residents attend that one. Nice. Just because we have um, a lot of residency faculty attend that one proportionately. Right. We also have a lot of medical student faculty as well. Sure. Um, and then I'll just point out that we do have a conference on um, practice of quality improvement and that a lot of people who are doing quality improvement projects during residency attend that one and submit projects on their, their QI projects to that one. So again, That's it awesome. just depends on your interests. Right. And you know, one of the challenges I think from a faculty perspective is really helping the residents and medical students and sometimes even faculty who may not have attended any of these conferences, the value, I mean, making connections with people, you Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. never know when those connections will um, be useful in your own personal endeavors as you move forward. Not to mention the the information that they're teaching you um, that might not seem totally important or relative to your current situation, which might just be making it through call. Right, Um, right. (laughs) There there will (laughs) come tomorrow and tomorrow... (laughs) You'll want to know mm-hmm, these things mm-hmm. and you'll be thinking, wow, I, I should have went. Um, but if you but if you do have those experiences, you know, people can't take experiences away from you. And so Absolutely. sometimes try and convince them to take a step back, deep mm-hmm. breath and just open themselves up, which is I, I understand can be difficult at times. But yeah. um, you have yeah. to make a concerted effort. Mm-hmm. There are many online resources and webinars uh, addressing academic medicine on the STFM website. Is there a specific one? or a specific recommendation that you have for the audience to start with? Yeah, yes. I will say because of our audience that I would be a little bit biased towards, we have a series of webinars that we recorded. It's been a couple of years ago, but they're they're highly relevant. It's called the series of Faculty for Tomorrow webinars. And those webinars, we have 10 of them. And they are kind of a nice little boot camp. You could almost think of it for okay. any learner or new faculty. We, we recorded them with those, both of those audiences in mind. So okay. it could be for a resident, uh, anyone who's just interested in kind of the academic world. Yeah. And 
it's a really nice selection of webinars. Um, nice. So they're, they're free. They're on our website. You could just yeah. go through them. We have a lot of people who view them while they're in residency or will even like kind of have a whole resident class watch them together because they're yeah. on everything from presentation skills like for didactics to nice. effective clinical teaching, giving feed, effective feedback, how to get started producing scholarly work. And then like uh, giving an awesome grand rounds presentation has been an incredibly uh, popular. Yeah, one I can see that, that we, one being big. Yeah, <laughs> that one has gotten a lot of views. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also like some kind of interesting ones, like the structure and funding of residency programs. I think that's something that people don't necessarily think of, but it's yes. actually I think very very relevant to understanding the the behind the scenes of what's going on. Yes. Um, behind the mechanisms right. of what's happening at a residency program. So, right. right. It's just a nice series. It's a nice. Um, way to get the nuts and bolts of um, academics. And right. so I recommend that to a lot of people who contact me and say that they're thinking about academics and want to get a taste of it. Awesome. Um, That's so great I advice. I recommend that one. Great um, advice. Okay. Well, so why don't you give us three take-home points for our audience that can kind of serve as the next steps as they use or navigate STFM resources along their journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say one takeout point would be to kind of loop it back to what we were talking about with conferences earlier, which is, Mm -hmm. I think, a big aha moment that people have often when they go to a conference and then they extend it to other parts of their membership is how valuable a membership with STFM, but also with other organizations like the AAFP, the American Academy of Family Physicians, or NAPCRIG, the North American Primary Care Research Group, any kind of number of organizations like that, that are professional organizations in family medicine can provide a network of other like-minded colleagues Mm -hmm. that can kind of boost you to the next level. They might provide um, connections for scholarly work. They might provide connections and contacts for um, the next job that you're going to find. They might provide connections just for support. I mean, and you just need someone else to say, I also have experienced that, or I'm having a hard time with this right now too. And just kind of to know that it's not alone. It's it's rough out there. Yes. You're not alone. Yes. Um, That's hugely important. That's so important. And so I just think that that collaboration networking and and just finding out that other people are having the same experiences as you, um, but also support through somebody else who can like look at your curriculum that you're developing or whatever project or puzzle you're working on. Absolutely. um, Can be just so, so helpful and beneficial so that you don't feel like you're doing everything in isolation. Yeah. It's a great, I think that's really, really critical. So think of this as your, as your extended work family, I suppose. Mm, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Another take-home point, I suppose, would be for number two, would be to take advantage of leadership opportunities as a way to boost your career to the next level. Mm. Um, don't ignore, even though I know everyone is so, so busy, but if you, if you, if you notice opportunities in newsletters or on the website um, that say we have a leadership position open or, you know, call for um, reviewers, well, we will often put out a call for reviewers for um, conference abstracts or for journal review reviewers, or we will put out calls for leadership positions. STFM is very open about, we ask people to nominate themselves to serve on committees and you can serve yeah. on a committee as a, a student. We have, we have student um, positions on our board. Wow. 
and we have student positions on our committees. Right. We have resident um, opportunities. Um, nominate yourself to be a resident representative for our, our GME committee and on our sure. board. But also, um, once you become if you become a faculty member, take advantage of that. You can um, become a chair of our one of our collaborative forums. But these yeah. are things are all stair steps. They are ways to get connected with other people on the national level. Okay. There are ways to get involved in scholarship on the national level, and they are ways for you to just build your network, um, to get involved in national leadership, and to also um, get kind of more visibility, essentially. And so it's beneficial for you. It's usually fun. I think we have a lot of fun in our on our committees and other projects, but and it's a way for you to shape the future of family medicine, honestly, since you get to create resources and advocate and on the national level too. So I just think it's a it's a beneficial for everybody, but think of it as a way to build your career too. So definitely encourage people to get involved in the leadership level since it's a win for everybody. I like your idea. Take small bites, find something that you're interested in and just go with it and see where it, see where it lands you. Absolutely. How about one more? You got one more for us? And my third point would be that with scholarship, I know that a lot of people I talk to and myself included can find right. uh, scholarly activity can be a little bit intimidating at times. Yes. And I would say take advantage of STFM as a way to dip your toe in it and to find people to help you build into roll into scholarly activity. There are a ton of resources on our website. You can uh, find, we have a series of webinars um, for URM scholarship that was actually developed by our URM scholarship work group. That's a really concrete, helpful, I think powerful webinars that have been created We also have, and so take advantage of those, but also just think of it as if you, you can kind of build your way up the ladder. So if you look at it and see that these conferences are an opportunity to, you can submit a poster, you can submit a scholarly roundtable discussion, which is a fairly low intensity form of scholarship, I would say, and you can kind of keep leveling up and then you can get other Ask somebody else if you can join in on their project. Ask somebody else if you can join in on their scholarly presentation at a conference. And then maybe ask somebody else if you can join in on their manuscript, someone else at your institution, so that you see the process, so that you can get involved. And don't think you have to just go off into another, into your, into your um, library and study, study up and just do it completely solo. Know that there's collaborators who are able to help glad to help you, glad to show you the ropes. Um, this isn't all in your own. So get, get help, get help along the way. Get help. You heard it here first. <laughs> I so agree with that because it can seem daunting, particularly if you've been away from it for quite some time, like many of our faculty may have, may find themselves in that situation. And so our perfectionist mind thinks, well, since I'm not an expert and I can't do everything, I'm just not going to do anything, but just finding a friend like you said, and just saying, Hey, can I tell him, can I play? play? (laughs) That's a great first step. Well, look, thoroughly have enjoyed our time with you. I know this information is immensely helpful for many of the audience here. So on behalf of them and myself, thank you very much. And we look forward to having you on again, as you continue to support your RM jam and all the other STFM initiatives you have under your belt. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And can't wait to hear all the rest of the episodes that you've got lined up. 
You've been listening to the URM Journey to Academic Medicine podcast, brought to you by the Society of Teachers of Family Medicine. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other podcast providers, as well as on our website at stfm.org slash urmjam. Follow us on Twitter at stfm underscore fm. 